everyone and welcome back to another episode of the life of a fashion student podcast with me your host christina eng i am in such a good mood today and not just today specifically but i've been in a really good mood this entire week first off i'm officially on spring break and i know that might not mean a lot to some of you because let's face it we're still in a position where we shouldn't be traveling right now and meeting other people So I'm sure a lot of you guys' spring break expectations are like down to the ground right now. Some of you may also not even have any spring break. I know my twin sister, for example, who attends a different university than I do, um, her school's not even giving her a spring break, which is honestly so cruel. So I am very fortunate to even be saying that I have a spring break and I'm definitely going to take full advantage of the week I have to myself. I also looked out a little because I didn't get assigned anything major that was due the next week after spring break. I only have a couple of assignments here and there that I'm planning to knock out this weekend so, you know, that I can be fully immersed in my own work during the break. I also want to be mindful that it is only one week, so I don't want to get ahead of myself and be too ambitious in terms of what I want to achieve. But yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in the books in terms of what I want to spend next week doing, Some of it even pertains to this podcast and coming up with more ideas on how to really elevate the community that we've got going on here. So yeah, that's what I'll be doing all of next week. My mind just really needs some time to rest from having to complete schoolwork week after week. And, you know, weekends are great for me to rest up a bit, but they're just not long enough. Like I'm sure you all can relate to how short weekends feel. They just go by so fast. Like I said, though, nothing too excited planned for my spring break. I'm not going away or traveling anywhere, um, but it's just going to be, you know, a nice time for myself. Um, And actually, one thing I am planning to do on Friday of the week of my spring break is to visit my aunt for the day. So I'm just going to drive up to where she's at and just spend the day with her because I haven't seen her in a while. And we have like Manny and Petty's plan and other fun activities. So I'm really looking forward to that next week. I'm sure this is not going to be a surprise to any of you, but one thing about me is that when I know I have a lot of work to do and that there's a lot of things coming up, whenever I'm not working towards those things, it just doesn't sit right with me and I can't fully focus on having fun or doing a self-care day or anything else like that. So, for example, if I were taking the time to make an appointment to do my nails during midterms week, I would like legitimately not be able to stop fidgeting or even be able to sit still while getting my nails done, knowing that I have a lot of work to do for midterms. Um, I think you guys get my point, but yeah, for next week when I'm with my aunt and, you know, us doing many petties and stuff, I'll officially be on spring break and there will be nothing, you know, else to overthink about and I can just fully be present while being pampered. It's kind of sad, actually, now that I think about it, how my brain is pretty much hardwired to constantly think about working all of the time, and if I'm not working, then I just can't focus on anything else. I'm definitely getting better about it, and I'm not as insane as I used to be before about this kind of stuff, but yeah, that's just a little something-something if you guys didn't already know about me. Let me know if any of you listening can relate to that kind of feeling, because I'm so hoping that I'm not the only one out there who feels this way. But with all of that being said, I wanted to jump right into today's exciting episode, which, as you guys can tell by the title, is about following and pursuing a non-traditional career path. The idea to 
put an episode regarding this topic was pretty random, I'm not gonna lie. I was debating between a few things to talk about for this week, but this topic just kept nagging at me and I feel like I had a lot to say about it, especially at this point in my life. And really how it works is each week I have a ton of great ideas that I'm thinking about for episodes, but I end up just choosing the one that really inspires me in the moment. And this idea was the one for me this week. So yeah, this idea of a non-traditional career path. I'm sure a lot of you guys listening kind of have a good idea of what a non-traditional career path entails and looks like. And I myself going into this episode already had preconceived notions about what I think a non-traditional career path is. Like to me, what I'm doing and planning to pursue in my life is a non-traditional career path. Um, But actually, in my efforts to do some research on the topic, I found that the people online had a completely different idea of what a non-traditional career path meant, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So when I was trying to delve into research about what people consider to be a non-traditional career path, I found that a lot of what people's ideas of what a non-traditional career path meant had a lot to do with gender and like gender equality and those kinds of concepts. I kid you guys not, there wasn't one source I had found that didn't attempt to explain the different non-traditional career paths for both men and women like separately. And, you know, when I looked into what jobs they considered non-traditional for women, I saw things like electrician, welder, firefighter, engineer, police officer, and so on and so forth. I think you guys know where I'm going with this and you guys get my point. At first, I was a little bit confused because my idea of what a non-traditional career path was just meant pursuing an occupation that was quote-unquote not traditional or that wasn't the norm, whatever that means. But yeah, I just found it so interesting that all of the sites that were popping up in my search were strictly about non-traditional career paths based on separate genders because, you know, I honestly didn't think about it in that way at all. I was just thinking in general, a traditional career path might be something like a doctor or a lawyer or teacher, etc. And then a non-traditional career path would be something like a, I don't know, a YouTuber, a yoga instructor, even fashion designer. I think you guys see what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, I just found that super interesting, the differences between what I consider to be a non-traditional career path and what the sources on the internet were thinking. And it's not like either is wrong. I think they both have truth to them in their own rights. I today, however, will not be focusing on those ideas as it relates to gender. I'm just going to be talking more about the general idea of non-traditional, you know, careers, like I explained before. That all being said, I think this concept of a non-traditional career path can be very subjective. You know, like something that may seem non-traditional to me may seem actually very traditional to someone else. So it's not exactly down to a science. When I think about myself pursuing a career path in fashion, specifically fashion design, I personally don't regard it as a traditional career path. And you guys may have different opinions on that, but just hear me out. The requirements I use to determine whether or not something is a quote-unquote traditional career path is to think about if that specific career path requires you to have a degree to be successful. Now, this topic may be wildly debatable and controversial, which it most definitely is, but I'm just saying that this is my method of gauging whether or not a career path can be considered traditional or not. And this method actually might help some of you get a better understanding of what is considered traditional and what is considered non-traditional. But getting back to what I was saying before, a fashion designer or, you know, rather most jobs in fashion don't necessarily require you to get a degree in order to become successful. 
It will require, of course, exceptional natural talent if you do decide to skip the degree or, you know, luck, of course. But for the most part, it's not a set requirement to have a degree in the industry. Just to put this into perspective for you, big names like Carl Lagerfeld, Michael Kors, Jean-Paul Gaultier are among the many who didn't finish school but ended up having amazing careers in fashion. But yeah, don't take that as a sign of me saying that you don't need to finish school to be successful in fashion. It's just this idea of, you know, needing a degree to become successful is not something that's clear-cut in the fashion industry. Whereas if you take the medical or science industry, for example, it may be a little more clear-cut in order for people to be, you know, to find success in those industries because a degree is probably and most likely very necessary. You know, I don't know much about how the medical or science industry works, but I'm pretty sure a degree is important you know, to have in order to be taken seriously among your peers. Again, debatable, but those are just my two cents. So that was all a really roundabout way of saying that I consider jobs in fashion as non-traditional career paths, and I'm sure by now y'all get the point that I was trying to get across, and maybe can decide for yourselves whether or not you think that jobs in fashion are traditional or non-traditional. Most of you on here have probably already heard my whole entire life story, But just to reiterate some things, I never really meant for myself to end up where I am now and like the career path that I'm going on. You know, I came from a very science-based background. I went to a specialized high school for science and math and most of my young life I was being prepared to take the SAT test and get into a high-ranking college of my choice. Um, That was the direction that my life seemed like it was going in when I was a lot younger And I never questioned it back then because it seemed like what I was supposed to do and what everyone else was doing around me as well. I also had a twin sister who was going about all the same things as me, so that made me feel like this is what I had to do and that it was the path that I had to go on because my twin sister was doing it as well. And despite what you may all think, it's not like I hated or despised doing the stuff that I was doing when I was younger, like the STEM stuff. Um, and I didn't despise studying, I didn't despise, like, science and math. I weirdly enjoyed it, and, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was good at it. I got good grades, and I studied hard, and I liked learning about the stuff I was learning. So it was never like I was really unhappy doing the things I was doing when I was a lot younger. Another reason why I think I stayed on that path for such a long time was because it seemed like, and I thought that it was making my parents happy and proud of me. Little did I know that was so far from the truth because they were actually happy with me doing whatever I wanted to in life, but I had just thought that that is what they wanted for me. Every time I would do well in school or even when I got into Bronx Science after taking the specialized high school test, they were just so happy and proud of me and I didn't want to lose that feeling. You know, I kept feeling this immense amount of pressure to constantly impress them and keep them happy because they had given up so much in their own lives to see me succeed. So you're all probably wondering, okay, Christina, you seem to have loved the path that you were going on, so where was that point in your life when you started to want to change paths? And I wish I could say it was one thing in my life that made me want to switch gears and get like into design professionally, but in actuality, it wasn't like that at all. I had always enjoyed being creative and designing since I was very young. Obviously, when I was young, I just treated it as a hobby and never really thought that it was like practical to pursue as a career. I took art classes, I did art programs, I even entered in like art competitions, you know, all of the signs that you would normally see develop when you're first starting to discover your passion in life. 
And so I did all of those things, but I always questioned what life or career I could make out of doing those things that I loved. It also didn't help that throughout my high school years, my school didn't offer any classes or outlets for me to be able to pursue the things that I wanted to do in art because, you know, obviously it was like, it was STEM-based. It was very specifically a science school. They did offer one thing though that I had taken a liking to throughout all of my high school career. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I was involved with theater at my school for pretty much all of my years of high school and it wasn't for acting, dancing, and singing and all of those things, um, even though I enjoyed doing those things, but it was mainly for directing. So I applied to be a co-director in my sophomore year of high school because, you know, the main director would always go to the seniors, so I had to start off as like what we used to call a sophomore director. How it worked in my school was that if I committed to the role of sophomore director, I would have to continue this journey into directing until eventually I became senior director and, you know, like the main director. So that was a super big commitment for me to take on, like knowing that when I sign up for something in my sophomore year, I'm going to have to continue doing it all, you know, up until my last year of high school. Also, being that I never directed anything in my life, like I've never done productions before, I just had pure interest in the leadership aspect of theater and that's why I decided to apply and take on the role. But yeah, that was pretty much my creative outlet for my last three years of high school that I was able to really enjoy and be myself fully. I felt like I connected with the people of the theater department in a way that I never really connected to any of my other classmates before Um, and I just felt like I belonged. There was also, you know, one art class that I did take during high school in my last year where I met a teacher who played a huge part in encouraging me to pursue my passion in the arts. And the class itself wasn't that intensive, but I had taken it because it was really the only other way that I was able to be creative in my school without depending on like doing outside activities and stuff. So I developed a really special relationship with my teacher at that time because She noticed that unlike everyone else in the class who was solely in that class to fill a requirement, I was genuinely there because I wanted to learn something and because I wanted to make art. And I'm sure that sounds really cheesy, but when your creative side is suppressed as much as I was in an all STEM-based high school, you become desperate to find the smallest things you can do to rediscover your creative side. It's crazy now looking back at it because she was actually the only one who told me to apply for art schools in the first place and... If it wasn't for her even bringing up that idea to me, I don't think I would be where I am at now. She had also helped me with my portfolio. You know, I I remember we would meet after school during her office hours and I would bring her, you know, my art pieces to show her and ask if I should include it in my portfolio and get her feedback. Um, I also remember the moment I told her that I had gotten into Parsons and she was just so incredibly excited for me and she obviously knew that Parsons was a really great school for design. Senior year in high school was a very important year for me because it's when I started to discover how important it was to allow myself to take risks and do the things I was genuinely passionate about. It also greatly helped that my parents were super supportive of my decision to apply to only art schools because I don't think I would have even taken the liberty to apply to them if my parents told me I couldn't. It was really important for me at that time and still is to get my parents' blessing on things because I just feel like I owe them so much because of how much they gave up for me throughout their lives. I'm just grateful that they also tell me and my siblings that they gave up so much so that we would be able to do the things that we wanted to in life. 
So it's really a culmination of all those things where I decided to take the leap and just dive head in for the things I wanted. But hearing me talk about my whole journey to get to where I am at now, it might sound really inspirational and that I got everything that I wanted and now I'm super happy and my life is perfect. But that's not exactly the whole truth. Yes, I'm so happy that I get to pursue the things that I love in life and that work for me is not really work because I enjoy it so much. But you know, there's always this constant fear that I have in the back of my mind about if I'll be able to support myself and support my lifestyle in terms of money amongst other things. And I'm not some materialistic person who dreams of living in a mansion with 10 cars or being super rich or anything like that. But the problem of making enough money is something that is very real and important to be concerned about. Like whether or not you're materialistic or want to live a good life, I don't know. And it's usually a fear that comes with pursuing a non-traditional career path simply because there's just not enough statistics to back up these careers. And, you know, it being non-traditional, there's also not a lot of people doing these jobs, so it might not even be in that much demand. And I'm speaking very generally because this doesn't just have to relate to jobs in fashion. It can relate to any jobs in any industry. I think another thing I was really nervous about in pursuing a non-traditional career path was about how to explain to people what I do and all of the impending questions about what I do and why I do it. I'm sure most of you guys understand the feeling of those family reunions where everyone gets together and catches up about how their life is and you just have to sit there and explain to your family who probably doesn't get it about what you're doing. I have to say though, I don't think I had it personally as hard as some other people might have had it, but it was definitely no easy feat trying to explain to my grandma and some of my other relatives about exactly what I was doing in my day-to-day at fashion school. And I'm sure most of them didn't even take it seriously either when I did explain it to them. Even my parents, who are so amazingly supportive of everything that I do, still probably don't understand what it is that I'm doing in school. And, I mean, sometimes they'll ask me what I'm working on and stuff, but I just give them quick answers to their questions because I don't feel the need to explain the whole nine yards because they won't understand it anyway. I do have to say, though, my dad is definitely better at understanding my work and, like, what I'm doing. Um, he's really involved in everything that I do and he's always curious about what I'm learning and what I'm doing in my internships and all that stuff. But yeah, even my old high school and middle school friends who I've reconnected with um, since like we went to school together would always ask me and are always curious about what fashion school entails and what it means to be a designer and all of that, which is fine and I don't mind having to explain it to them because I want to educate them as well. But it just makes me nervous about what they'll think of me and my work when I tell them exactly what I do. Even though I technically shouldn't care about what other people think and I should just do what makes me happy. But, you know, that thought is always in the back of my mind. Like, what are they thinking? Do they think I'm, like, not smart? Or, like, any of those things. I would honestly say I was a lot more shy about talking about what I do back then than when I was younger. Now, obviously, I'm a lot more confident in the work that I do and I have a lot to show for it, but it wasn't always like that. Sometimes I would just even avoid telling people altogether because I didn't want them to know that I wasn't going to an academic school and that I was pursuing a career in the arts. Um, Don't ask me why, you guys. It was just something that young Christina was ashamed of, I guess. Also, another crazy thing was I remember in my last serious relationship... You know, my ex was obviously really supportive of everything that I was doing and he was proud of my accomplishments, which was nice. But let me tell you, the first time that I had to meet his parents, I was literally shitting my pants. And I'm going to be really honest with you guys. 
they were these Asian parents who were really strict about their own children, you know, getting into the best schools and getting the best grades. So yeah, naturally, I was nervous about meeting them and telling them about my endeavors in fashion. But of course, I misjudged them because they were actually really supportive of everything that I was doing. And they saw how hard I was working between school and my internships and stuff. So, you know, lesson learned, never judge a book by its cover. But the fact of the matter is, you know, not everyone's always as lucky and maybe someone in my exact position doesn't have as many supportive people in their lives. And that can be super hard, I can only imagine. A big part of why I started this podcast was because I wanted to normalize and reveal this so-called mysterious life of a fashion student. Literally everyone who I talk to about this podcast, when they ask me why I initially started it, I tell them it's because I got so many people asking me about what fashion students do and what does it mean to go to fashion school and I just thought, hell with it, I'm just going to start a podcast about my life as a fashion student to just give people insight on what goes on and to give people who are also aspiring to be fashion designers and fashion students or whatever like that. And what I find truly amazing is not only fashion people listen to this podcast, you know, a lot of you listening, I presume, are not in fashion, but maybe you're interested in it, or you've come to listen to learn more about what it means to be in fashion and how to pursue your own dreams. That all sounds really cliche, but that has been my mission with this podcast from the very beginning, and I sure hope that I'm seeing it through. But anyway, in shifting gears back to the topic at hand, I found this really interesting article on Forbes.com called How Millennials Can Explain Their Non-Traditional Jobs to People Who Don't Get It, which like, hello, how perfect was that article in helping me understand more about this topic? I highly recommend for any of you who are either pursuing a non-traditional career path yourselves or are looking to to read this article on Forbes because it'll really help you learn on how to deal with talking to people about it, which is honestly a major fear I had when I was first starting out. So there were these really amazing quotes from this recent graduate from Ohio University named Spinisha Simone, and she brought up some really important things that gave me a lot to think about, so I just wanted to share them on here. Spinisha is passionate about music, entertainment, and working with children who have disabilities, and on top of all of that, she's working on a children's book, so pretty crazy. Um, Here's a quote from her in the article where she says, Are you just going to do what everyone expects you to and take that degree and get a job salary and potentially be unhappy with it? Or are you going to try and find your true passions and find a life out of that? That was something that I had wished I had heard during the early stages of when I was deciding whether or not to give up what I was doing in STEM to pursue a career in fashion design. And that's why I'm sharing it with you guys because for anyone who needed to hear that, there you go. But yeah, before we end off this episode, I did just kind of want to break down some tips and advice that I have for those of you who are either going through this path yourself or those of you who are looking to leave the career paths that you're in now to do something that's considered a little bit more non-traditional. Whatever it is, I think anyone can get something out of what I'm going to say. And I just wanted to quickly disclaim that I am no expert. I mean, I myself haven't even seen my career through yet, being that I'm only 20 years old and have a lot more years and experiences ahead of me. But from what I've experienced so far and being that I had to go through this shift in career paths at a relatively young age, here is what I have to offer. I think the biggest piece of advice I would give to all of you is to gain as much experience and knowledge as possible. 
as you know, most of the time, I don't take my own advice in life. I mean, don't we all? But this is one of the pieces of advice that I could continuously give to other people, but I've also taken it for myself. Especially if you're trying to pursue a career path that is not that common or traditional, you'll want to put yourself in a good position to be successful by taking on as many experiences and opportunities as you can in that particular field that you're trying to excel in. So, you know, that way you're in a good place and you'll be able to excel at whatever you're trying to do. You know, do informative interviews, shadow people in that field, do internships, like I always say. I've done all of the above and it just makes me feel more confident about trying to make a career out of doing something that I genuinely love. I talk a lot about informative interviews on here, like in my past episodes, definitely like brought it up and told you guys to take full advantage of those. And I'm always suggesting it as something you should do. But I don't really talk about shadowing all that often. And I also don't think I've ever talked about my experience shadowing before. Um, It was many years ago and probably one of the craziest experiences that I was able to get while still in high school. But basically, I was able to shadow a designer who worked with Macy's for one of their, you know, private labels. And my shadowing experience was like one to two days, staying by his side and getting to see all the ins and outs of what it meant to be a designer. And that is just one of the many experiences that I'll never forget about. And it also really cemented my passion for design as well. I do have to say though, another big con about pursuing a potentially non-traditional career is the lack of mentorship that will be available out there. And I'm not saying this is for all non-traditional careers, but most of them, you might have a hard time finding someone to call your mentor. And mentors, if you're not even thinking about, you know, finding one or if you've never even thought about what a mentor is, let me just say that they're super important and they're critical to helping you find your own success in whatever industry you're in. I myself never really had an official mentor, but I've met and had people along the way whom I've come to regard as my mentors. Mostly for me, it's just been like my bosses that I've worked under from past internships and past jobs, but I very much see them as mentors because, you know, of the guidance they brought me and the fact that I still stay in touch with them and I always go to them for advice when I need it. If you're in the same position, I would suggest finding that person you can call a mentor for yourself because it's really going to help you find success in any way, especially if you're pursuing a non-traditional career path. But yeah, as I'm sure you all can gather, this is a topic that's super important to me and one that really, you know, hits close to home. Um, I've made it my life's mission to pursue the things that genuinely make me happy in life, no matter how untraditional they are. And I'm also making it my mission to inspire you all to do the same. If you have any doubts, which you probably will have along the way, know that we've all had those same doubts and that you're not alone in thinking or being afraid to do something. As corny as it sounds, we tend to think that we're the only people out there feeling whatever feelings we're feeling, but little do we know that literally everyone is feeling the same exact way or has felt that way before. Um, yeah, I'll end our little discussion off with a quote today that'll hopefully inspire you guys and that's super deep, so here it is. You cannot swim for new horizons until you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. That is one of my favorite quotes, and I'm just going to leave the episode off on there. So yeah, as always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would always love to hear them. Anyways, love you guys always, and see you on the next weekly episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.